Brother and sister, I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. This is Johan van der Woven, and we are in session number five and also in the second part of the Sons of Sovereignty module. Today I'd like to speak to you about your source of origin. And that is really the key to the entire Sons of Sovereignty study to the revelation and to the teaching of what you are busy studying. It's the core of everything, is to know your origin and your source and not to know it in a way of knowing it by knowledge gained, but knowing it by the impartation of the revelation of God into your own spirit into your inner man into your soul man so that you would not only know this but that you will come to know this in a way where you feel it where you touch it where you handle it where it becomes real in you and because of that that reality can become who you are and you can become the full expression of this knowledge of this impartation of the eternal wisdom of God in your own life and in your own heart. You know, when I think of sons of God, or let us say, if I think of man, the way that God originally designed and created and formed man, when I think of Adam as that first man and who he was, I always think of somebody like Superman, someone like these supernatural, unusual characters that are featured in the movies people watch today. And I always find it very interesting that these kind of movies are made and that they have such a draw and an appeal because it's almost as though man realizes that there is some missing element within himself. It's almost like man realizes that there is more to him than his humanity, that he was created to be supernatural, to be more, to be unusual, to have the power and the authority that reigns this earth that would be over and above the norm and the natural that is become accustomed to. It's almost like there is something inside of us that is encoded in us that is crying out within us to say, you were designed to be more. You were created to be more. And of course, when we understand our source and our origin, we can confirm and say, yes, God did form us out of himself. He created us from his own spirit breath to be supernatural, to be unusual, to be people from a different kind of dimension. So this morning, I want to ask you a question and I want to ask you, what does an apple tree produce? And of course, the answer to that is, apple trees. An apple tree can never produce anything else except apple trees. An apple tree can never produce an orange tree 
or a lemon tree. It is always going to produce after itself. And so we can look at everything in creation and we find the same principle at work. A leopard is always going to produce leopards. A lion is always going to reproduce lions. So what about God? When we come to God, what does He reproduce? And then Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 tells us what He produces. And it tells us that He produces in His image and in His likeness. He produced Adam to be the splitting image. To be the mirror reflection of who he is. And that was what God reproduced after himself. You know, the interesting thing is when you study this verse, where it's translated God in our Bible, it is actually the word Elohim that's used. And Elohim is the word that speaks of multiplication. That is what it actually means. It means to multiply after yourself. So what did God multiply? He multiplied himself in human form. That is what he multiplied. Adam was the multiplication of everything God is multiplied and formed into a human body formed into a vessel of clay now having this treasure this eternal life within him this eternal ability this god nature god character god ability inside of him formed as a treasure that has been invested into a vessel or a body of clay that is who Adam was. Now you may say to me, whoa, 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 what are you saying? Did God produce gods after himself? Then I want to say to you, yes, he did. And you'd say, no, 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 that's blasphemy. You can never make yourself equal to God. This is wrong. And I'd have to say to you, it's not about equality. It's about source. It's about your origin. It's about where you are from. There is no competition with God. There is no competition between me and God or you and God. We are born from Him. We are an eternal part of Him. He chose to mirror Himself in us so that we may be His glory put on display on the earth. I've written a few things down that I believe should signify who a son of God is in the earth or who a man is born of the Spirit of God, who a God kind of man and woman should be. And some of these things that I've written down is the following. Supernatural, exceptional, unusual, a marvel, a sign and a wonder, light, hope, a king ruling over the earth, a man and a woman of wisdom and of substance, 
These are only some of the things I believe that we have been born to be in this world. And once you understand that that is your source of origin, that you were born to be the mirror of God's own presence, His own life, His own being in the earth. If you understand that you were formed to mirror Him as God in the earth, and you understand that Jesus did not just come to give you a blood covering so that you would be saved from sin and escape hell, but that He came to redeem you, that He came to restore you to your original source and origin. And that is why the Holy Spirit came in you. And that is why the Holy Spirit wants to renew you. When He says He's renewing your mind, He's talking about the whole essence of your being because that word mind is the word soul. It's the word heart. It is who you are, the inner man, the living inner man inside of your body. God wants to renew that man after the image of Christ so that you may become everything that He intended for you to be, so that you may become the expression of Christ, the expression of of the Holy Spirit, the expression of the anointing until you would grow into the maturity of the full stature and the nature of who God is in His person so that you may be that supernatural Son in the earth in whom He is glorified because you are a pure expression and a pure reflection of who He designed and created you to be. You are His kingdom on earth established. You are His dominion. You are His sovereignty on earth. And that's really what it means to be a son of sovereignty. Why a son of sovereignty? Because you are born from that position of sovereignty. You are born out of of the sovereign one and when we speak of the word sovereignty it is having the complete authority over all things the complete dominion over everything not being subject to anything that is what you are called to be upon this earth you are called to be the kingdom in expression you're called to be the son of his glory of his expression the sovereignty of god being expressed upon this earth rulership and dominion being expressed through your life upon the earth you are called to be supernatural in every area of your life and of your existence the fingerprints the finger marks of the holy spirit should be evident in all things that you do and in all things that you are. And that is why Jesus gives the command and say, go and heal the sick. Don't pray for them to be made well. You go and you allow my life to be expressed through you. You go and you allow my fingerprint to be made manifest through you. You go and you lay your hands on the sick and heal them. You go and you cast out devils because you're from a higher dimension and dominion. You go and you subject forces in this earth and you rule and you reign in every dimension 
of your life. That is what Jesus came to demonstrate as the first son among many brothers that he would come to redeem. That is what he came to show us and to show forth what a son full of the glory of God would look like, what a person would look like that is full of Christ, full of the anointing, full of the spirit being manifest. And for that reason, you and I are now called the body of Christ because Jesus is no longer here He has been here. He was here. He did what he was called to do upon this earth. But he went to be with his father. And through him, a new body was formed. A global body of which you are a part. That is called the body of Christ. That today carries the eternal spirit. That carries the eternal finger marks. That carries the eternal signature and the eternal touch and the eternal glory of who God is. The eternal God today is manifest in you and I. And that makes us unusual and supernatural. And what the Holy Spirit wants to come and do through all of these things is to revive you, to awaken you. You see, we talk about revival and we think it's about people rolling on the floor. No, it's about people maturing in Christ to become the very expression of who He is. That is what it means to be revived. You are revived to your origin. You are born of the Spirit. The life of God has come into you. It's quickened you. It is reminding you of who you originally were born to be. It is quickening you with the life you're supposed to live in. It is again God breathing His breath of life into clay so that you may become the son of origin. He predestined and He made and formed you to be the very mirror and essence of who He is in the earth. That is true and authentic revival. It's when the life of God is revived in you. To be renewed of the Spirit means to daily being changed in your mind, in your understanding, in your behavior. As a man thinks, so he is. So the Spirit revives and renews your understanding in the spiritual dimension, in that realm, in that place of God-likeness is reforming you, restoring you, remaking you to become the sun, the expression, the sovereignty, the glory of God upon the earth. Because that is the dimension you were born into, born into the Spirit, to be of the Spirit, because you originally were formed and made and given life by God in the Spirit. And in that birthing in the Spirit, you come back into a place of being reunited with God, reunion with His Spirit, so that now you would become everything He dreamed you to be and become the full expression and the full manifestation of His glory on earth. You will see that I began this chapter with the explanation of what the word means when he says, I made you into my image and into my likeness. Now I want you to listen very carefully to the original word that is used for image. Just listen to the word. This is the original Hebrew word for image. 
Strong's age, 67.54. Sell him. Sell him. Sell him. That is the original Hebrew word. It speaks of being a shadow or to be as. You see, when God says, I want to create man in my image, he said, I want to create man to be exactly as I am, to be a shadow of who I am, or to be a mirror image, or to be an exact reflection, or to be an exact expression of who I am. I want man to be as I am. Am. Now listen, that is not in a limited sense, that is in the totality of who God is. He did not limit man to a certain percentage of who he is. So there's a little bit of humanity and there's a little bit of God-likeness. No, he said, I want to make man exactly as I am. So what I'm going to put in man is going to be as I am. There will be no difference. The second word is the word likeness. Now, I must apologize because I copied that same word into your module. I used Selim twice instead of using the word Tamuth, which you're going to listen to now. This is the word for likeness. Strong's age, 1823. Demuth. Demuth. Demuth is the word for likeness. And what that means is to be like. When God says, I want to make them into my likeness, He's saying, I'm going to make them to be just like I am. Firstly, as I am. That speaks of His character, His nature, His personality. All of who He is, is I'm going to create them in my image. Secondly, I'm also going to create them to be like me. They are going to think like me. They are going to act like me. They will have exactly the same identity as I am. Thinking like I think, behaving like I behave, reasoning like I reason, believing like I believe, acting like I act. They will be everything that I am and they will act as me. They will have my character, my nature, my personality, but they will also be like me in the way that they would function and that they will rule and they will innovate and create the way that I innovate and create. They will be everything I am. And Jesus came to take you and me back to that place, that source, that purity. And let me tell you something. For the last 30 years, I've experienced this wonderful union of the Spirit, this wonderful mystery I'm sharing with you, this wonderful experience that I so want you to come to experience in your own life because it truly is living a supernatural life. It truly is living in a dimension unlike anything in the natural. It is coming to see, to understand, and to walk in a God dimension where all things are possible because you are walking in that place of perfectly being united with the Holy Spirit. And throughout time, we've seen the hand of God in so many ways in our life, and we're still seeing it today. That's where we live. We don't live on earth. 
We live in paradise while our feet are walking on this earth. We're not waiting for eternal life. We are living eternal life right now. The fact that we will be translated from this natural experience, that is irrelative as far as our life presently is concerned because our present life is in the Spirit and by the Spirit. We've transcended already. What we still need to do is just to be translated. But we're already living in that sphere upon this earth. And that is a marvelous experience to have with God. There is nothing like union with God, oneness, not to try and come into His presence, but to live in the realm of the reality of experiencing His presence all of the time, not needing to go and pray so that I may hear of Him, but living within the realm of constant communication between his spirit and my spirit an unbroken union being able to be led of the spirit being able to be taught by the spirit having eyes to see the understanding of our mind being opened to see into the glory of god to understand the mysteries of god to hear the rhythm of the Father's heart, to be joined together, to see the expression, the might and the glory of God being freely expressed in and through our lives. This is what God intended for you as much as He intended it for Jesus and as much as He intended it for me. He sent His Son to redeem you to your place of origin. And this is so important to understand. Part two of the module begins like this. Kingdom principles. Principles that define who we are as sons. Listen very carefully. You've got to hear the stuff inside of you. And, and this morning I feel the quickening of the spirit. And I know as I speak, if you listen with your spirit, this is going to become impartation. Listen to this. Principles that define who we are as sons truths that we need to accept and in the acceptance of these truths we will be renewed to become them truth that we need to accept and as we accept this truth and open our hearts to become good ground we will become these truths as they are sown in us they will grow in us and we'll become the fruit of them. The gospel is not a message about who you need to become. Listen carefully. A lot of people have received the gospel as a message as something that tells them who they need to become. So they really have to now try and become good Christians. And they've got to study to become good Christians. And they've got to follow the rules and they've got to pray so many hours and do all of these kinds of things to become good Christians. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is a message of reintroducing you to who you truly are. In other words, there is something about you that only God knows. He knows the true you, the true you that he formed and made 
and want the message of salvation does, what the gospel does, what the good news does, is it reintroduces you to the authentic you that God knows and that he originally made. That means that everything you've lived up to now has been a lie. Everything that you believed about yourself has been a deception. It's been a veil. It's been a life that was actually lived completely indifferently to what God predestined for you, what he knows about you. And salvation comes to lift the veil from your eyes so that you can suddenly see him and then see the life that you used to live and say, oh my God, but I need you. I'm so far off track. I realize I'm wrong. I realize I'm not nearly the person who you made me to be. All of this stuff is wrong in my life. And I ask you to receive me. I give myself to you, Father, to be reconciled. Forgive my sins. Oh, I turn away from this life because it's not the life I was meant to live. I now see for the first time clearly who I was made to be and who I'm supposed to be. Come, Holy Spirit, come and live in me now. Start renewing me and changing me and refocusing me and, and, and making Make me who I'm supposed to be. Help me to be formed, to be reformed, to be revived, to be changed so that everything in my life will be made new so that in everything you and your fingerprint will be seen in my life that I will become the pure reflection of your image and your likeness on earth that I will become the true son you created me to be. That is the message of the gospel. It is good news. It's got nothing to do with heaven and hell. We've missed it, guys. It's got everything to do with being rejoined with the Father. It's good news. It's a new day for you. It's a new place for you. This old life, this life that you've lived, it's not what God intended for you. The heartache, the suffering that you've gone through is not what God intended for you. You were born to be a son of God, full of the glory and the majesty, the beauty, the expression of who he is in the earth. You are a marvel. You are glorious. You see, that's exactly what happened with the prodigal. When he came to his father and he was dressed in this old rag, this stinking old rag that represented his life up to that time, that represented where he came from, that represented where he lived and his environment, the world that he lived in. The first thing the father did is he said, remove that thing from my son now and bring him the best robe you can find. He's been living a life out of tune with his destiny. He is my son. And yet, when I look at him and his life, it represents nothing of that fact. And I want to immediately change that. Take that old robe off now and redress him and reinstitute him. Give him that ring. Put the new sandals on his feet because from today he will walk in the destiny and the path I've predestined for him. Can you see this? That's the message of salvation. Rediscovering the beginning. Irrespective of the journeys and the direction we may have started on, 
There is always a new beginning for us to discover in God. The reason for that is because God's beginning for us did not start with our beginning. And it is not influenced or undone by our mistakes. The direction our life takes never influences God's beginning for us. You see, no matter where that prodigal went, he was still authentically a son of God and the father was waiting for him to return. His seat at the table had not been given away. His robe in his cupboard had not been given to somebody else. The sandals had not been given to somebody else. The ring that he was supposed to wear had not been given to somebody else. It was all there waiting for him. So although he took a different direction in life, although he went astray, nothing was lost of the original plan of God for his life. What needed to happen is he needed to return home. That is the message for you and me and the message of the gospel. God is waiting for his sons to return home. The prodigal son started off on the wrong way. And as a result, he suffered a great deal. Thank God that his story did not end there. And so you and I can say exactly the same thing. Thank God that our story did not end there. When he finally returned back home, he was back in his safe space, clothed the way he was intended to be clothed, wearing the right kind of shoes for his feet, eating the food he was created to eat, and wearing the signet ring of authority as a son in his father's house. I remember some years ago, the Holy Spirit inspired a very powerful word in my heart. It was at a time when man began hunting for titles and positions. Everyone wanted to be an apostle or a bishop or a doctor. Pastors became apostles overnight. Young boys who hardly knew anything about ministry, let alone about journeying with God, were calling themselves apostles. He said, I want you to ask them a question from me. Ask them, where are the tailor-made suits, that unique ministry that I've cut for my sons? Why have they swapped them for a shiny new jacket that has no authority? Where are the individual and unique tailor-made ministries that I've anointed them with? Why have they left these by the wayside to seek man's favor, to dress, to impress, and to become the entertainers of men? How many times do we exchange what is best for what seems better? How many times are we lured into training God's anointing upon our lives for what is popular? At the end, will always be what we had in the beginning that will be true and authentic to our lives and that will carry the tailored anointing of the Holy Spirit for us. God's beginning for you has never changed. It is still there. It will fit no one else's life. It was a life designed and cut to fit only you. 
This does not only apply to those called into the fivefold ministry. The kingdom is far greater than preaching. It extends to you as an individual in your personal destiny, whatever that destiny may be. It also extends into your personal walk with God and in your makeup as a person. God formed you to be unique in your individual design and anointed you to live your life being His glory on display, being the very splendor of His making. There is too much greatness that has been formed in you as an individual for you to compromise your individuality by becoming a duplicate of someone else. Find your own person and discover what he has placed in you and live your life authentically to who you are and to your individual purpose. In conclusion, it is also important to note that it does not matter how far and how long you've been on the wrong way what kind of mess you've made, or how far off track you are from that which God intended for you to be and to do with your life. There is always room enough to find your true self, the true son that he formed you to become. There's always time for you to find your destiny and to pursue it. Principle. Success is being everything you were made to be. When you become you, minus everyone else, and live your life the way you were predestined to live it, minus everyone else's opinion, you are fulfilling your purpose and being God's glory on display. Success is not defined in becoming who your daddy wanted you to be. Success is being who you were formed to be and doing what you were destined for in this life. Never measure success by the standard that people measure it by. Jesus once told his followers that what people highly esteem, what they consider to be greatness and of great value, many times are detestable to God. There is a great beginning for you to discover and to explore. An original plan that fits you like a glove and a destiny that cannot be replaced. Find that life and live that to the fullest and you will find your reason in life and live fourfold. Questionnaire. Number one. What is it that makes you unique in being you? Number two. Are you authentic to yourself in your personal capacity among friends, in your work, in your ministry, or are you living to impress. Well, praise the name of Jesus. That is the end of part five, and we will continue with part six next week. I want to encourage you to listen to this material again. Listen to this audio file. Don't rush through it. Take it step by step. And when something hits your spirit, stop. And allow that thing that's become alive in you to work through you. Don't continue any further until you feel you've absorbed that into yourself. And then only listen as far as that happens again. 
And in that way, you're going to find these wonderful, wonderful, powerful nuggets of inspired revelation becoming alive in you. May the Lord bless you richly as you continue throughout this week, growing from glory to glory and living from grace to grace. God bless you in Jesus' name.